Thank you guys again for joining us on the Collar and Elbow Wrestling Podcast. You will be listening to myself, Kenny Oak, and my counterpart, as always, Chris Harris. We are talking 2018 WWE Hall of Fame. What our favorite moments from these Hall of Famers are, what we're looking forward to the most at the Hall of Fame ceremony, and also what we kind of expect moving forward with future Hall of Fame selections. As always, thank you guys for joining us on the Collar and Elbow Wrestling, and I hope you enjoy. The one thing that drives me nuts about the IWC and just wrestling fans in general, not everyone deserves a title. Everyone thinks, oh, this guy's been in the business for a while. He deserves a run with the title. No, that's not how this works. Just because you like someone, just because someone might be good in the ring doesn't mean they deserve a run with the title. Back in 2003, I was a huge RVD fan. Guess what? He didn't deserve a run with the World Heavyweight title. Ratings would have tanked. Person who deserves a run with the title is someone who can actually help ratings. You know, someone like, uh, this is going to sting a little. Someone like Roman Reigns gets a run with the title. And you know what? He deserves a run with the title. He's been through a lot of shit for the last two years. He gets a run with the title because, one, he sells merch, and, two, I do think he moves the needle a little bit. Now, so people that we love, and, you know, people in the IWC are going to be like, oh, one day they're going to make Aiden English deserves a run with the title because he's been in the business for 10 years. He's been with WWE for six, seven years. He deserves a title run. No. Guess what? Buttercup, this isn't how it works. The world doesn't work like that. Just because you work with a company for 15, 20 years doesn't mean you get to be the CEO of the company because you would run that company down into the ground. That's what I have to say about that. So we're going to start the show off with a long rant there by our our very own Kenneth Aikwin. You were recording that. So perfect timing on my part to start that. So I like what you said. I have some things I want to inject in that little context for the listeners here. That yeah. came up. I was mentioning to Ken prior to hitting the record button on him that I was watching, re-watching WrestleMania 32 earlier today. And The Miz has the IC title one sitting at the top of the ladder. And he gets pushed off by Zack Ryder. Zack Ryder gets a huge pop. Great individual moment for him. And he wins the IC championship for, for at Heyman? WrestleMania. Heyman was in that match. <laughs> Stop. Was he he the advocate for Zack Ryder? Yeah, he should have been the advocate. But Zack Ryder loses the title the next night, and you decided to rant right after that. So Zack Ryder doesn't deserve the title? Is that thrown at him? Are you talking specific? What 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 was this? It wasn't a shot directly at Zack Ryder because both of us like Zack Ryder. At times, yeah. Yeah, you know, woo, woo, woo. Mm -hmm. But uh, that was one of those moments where WWE just decided, we're going to throw this guy a bone. You know, a few years back, he got himself over, and we just kind of, we literally kicked him in the nuts. I believe Eva Mendez uh, kicked him in the nuts (laughs) at WrestleMania. Uh, So, you know, we want to get a pop from the crowd, so we're going to throw a title at him. We're going to give him the icy strap. And then they go, okay, we did that. We got we got our good moment at WrestleMania. All that was was just a good moment because they knew the show was not going to end well, that people were going to be mad at the end of the show. But the next night, it gets taken away just like that. So there was no clear direction, no rhyme or reason to give him the title other than to just get a strong babyface pop from the WrestleMania crowd. Okay. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a little angle at you here, and this is going to segue into exactly what we're talking about. We are talking about the 2018 Hall of Fame induction Ooh. today. We're going to talk it's about it. It's not happening today. We're talking about it today. Yes. Just for clarification. Right now. It is not yeah. happening until before WrestleMania. For, for you people listening that think that it's happening right now. Now, 
I like the Hall of Fame, right? Generally, the classes are mostly strong if you care about the Hall of Fame. Sometimes. Some people think that it's an irrelevant thing. I actually like watching it. It's an entertainment piece for me. Now, we're, we're going to talk about all the individuals shortly. We're going to bring them up, talk about some key moments and stuff. But considering what you just said. Yes. Mark Henry was in business for a long period of time. He was given yes. a world championship run. Right. Now, was that successful run? Sure. Hall of Fame yes. was nice, right? I, I know where you're going with this. Okay, now let me finish. Have it. the so rebuttal you, for me. No, it's so good. Go so the Hall of Fame story, or excuse me, Hall of Pain storyline actually worked out. It was some pretty mm -hmm. good shit. His fake retirement speech to start it was good shit. But is that not thrown at Mark Henry because he's been in the business since 96 by then, I think, 95 or 96, and he deserved, air quotes, to have a title run? Or could they put it on somebody else at that time? So here is the difference in that. Now, you know, the Hall of Pain, uh, the, the retirement speech actually happened after the, the Hall of Pain. So the Hall of mm -hmm. Pain, he won the World Heavyweight title, and then the retirement speech was his setup to go after the one title he never won, which was the WWE title. Which, at that, that would be the point where people would go, give him the title because he's it's the last, the one he's never won. He deserves it. The difference with the Hall of Pain, that was a great story. It he the way that he blended that story with kind of like his true feelings, just everything about it worked. And it was a main event level story in my opinion. So could it have been one of those like, hey, just give it to him because he, he's been kind of our – he's been our guy for mm -hmm. so long? Possibly, but it wasn't just thrown at him. Like that – the Hall of Pain was a great – it actually started with him injuring Big Show, and that was kind of like the introduction to uh, the Hall of Pain. Uh, but yeah, it, it worked. The difference between Mark Henry and Zack Ryder is that when Zack Ryder's held titles, it hasn't worked. When Mark Henry held the world heavyweight title until the point he lost it to Daniel Bryan, it worked. And I loved every second of it. I thought the Hall of Pain was a cool-ass story. Okay. So you don't think he's one of those people that just got thrown a title because of longevity of being <clears> a company <throat> and he deserved it? You think, you think there was an actual storyline that was worth a damn? Yes. And it was All of that awesome. compounded. Yes. Um, the longevity helped. I'm sure he did deserve it because he's worked so hard, but there was never a point where you felt like, you know, he's he's a main event level guy mm -hmm. until the Hall of Pain thing happened. Now, if they would have just thrown the title at the WWE title at him when he challenged John Cena for it, then that would have been, in my opinion, just a hey, we're going to give this a, give this to him because it's the one he's never won. That was the whole premise behind his fake retirement mm -hmm. and attacking John Cena because that was the title he never won. Okay, big Mark Mark Henry fan though, Bob. I think we both are. Yes. So, Since the beginning, really, I've always kind of liked his look. I love and, the Nation of Domination. So yes. Fuck, if anything, so if if you don't want, if you don't mind, let's start with him. We're gonna we're gonna gonna talk oh. these guys through. So why so not start starting with, with the last last announcement? Yeah, starting with the most recent one. Okay. Hopefully the last because it's fairly well stacked at this point, but we don't know for sure because we got two weeks until we get there. But at this point. This is where we're at, Bubs. So what do you think about Mark Henry? We just talked about the Hall of Pain, obviously. What else? Yes. Um, he He's a tremendous father to the hand that was birthed to uh, Mae Young. I right. thought that was uh, – he, he's shown a lot of class with that, so I'm a big fan. <laughs> no, um, I love Mark Henry. Uh, he's been a real trooper since day one. Uh, he's always done what the company's asked him to do. Uh, if if you're a guy that that listens to Jim Cornette and his podcast, you would have heard that Mark Henry is the only guy that he has not said one bad thing about. When he heard that Mark Henry was in the Hall of Fame, he was ecstatic and told some great stories about Mark Henry when he got sent down to OVW in yeah. like the uh, early 2000s. Uh, Mark Henry, when he first got there, was you know felt like he was kind of above that, but a month in, he bought. Uh, new air conditioners for the locker rooms for the guys and, you know, really accepted his role and got better. 
And so Mark Henry is someone that definitely 100% deserves being in the WWE Hall of Fame. From sexual chocolate to world's strong, world strongest man, sexual chocolate, and on to the Hall of Pain, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He's been a favorite of mine since his since his connection with The Rock in 97, 98 with The Nation and stuff. Yeah. And even as The Nation began to to fold when Farouk left. Because you were a big rock guy. Oh, totally. So this was all up. This was right in my wheelhouse. So when I think about Mark Henry, I think about his uh, his desire to get with China back in the day and through storyline. <laughs> I think about all of that. I think about how he progressed into the sexual chocolate gimmick yeah. type character. And honestly, if I'm, and it's something I want to bring up with you as well, as we go through these dudes, like your favorite or best version of their character or gimmick, mine was easily sexual chocolate because it was funny. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was kind of a lighthearted thing. No one can resist sexual chocolate. There was a lot of Mae Young around <laughs> at that time. He got her pregnant, Bob. Yeah, he totally did. And even though that wasn't a serious gimmick whatsoever, it's kind of it's kind of good to see a guy like Mark Henry be able to take on something like that. And again, do ever do whatever is asked of him, basically. By, I'm not by, sure, but by was production. he a European champion? Uh, yeah, he won, at that he time? won the European title. Okay, yeah. that's the only mid card title he won. He never won the IC title. I don't think. But, I would have to. I, I researched it a couple days ago, but it was more just to see uh, his main event runs because he uh, was the he was the ECW champion. He was of course, a fake, he was the world. fake ECW champion. Well, yeah, yeah fake ECW. I guess it's on the resume though. And then W title W E C W. Yes, that one. Big fan though of Mark Henry. I'm always going to remember the Hall of Pain stuff. I didn't mind seeing the title around his waist, but he yes. honestly is a guy I always think of when that conversation comes up. Of he gets rewarded with something for longevity and giving to the company, and he gets rewarded with something. But thank God that. It was the world heavyweight title, and thank God the storyline worked out. Yes. So otherwise, it, it would have been kind of shitty, bub. So big fan of Mark Henry. You and I are looking forward to his retirement speech officially. Yes. At the Hall. You of, more than me, I think. Huh? I think you more than me are, are I, really interested in the speech I, itself. I think that his will be the best. He's the kind of guy that I can listen to. He, if you have seen his fake retirement speech, he can get it was good. He can it was get so, super real. He was crying. Right. I just watched. He was crying, bubs. I don't mind watching these retirement speeches, or not to call them retirement speeches for everybody, but they're you know induction speeches. So looking forward to his. And going off of what you said, you know our favorite incarnation of this person. Mine was definitely the Hall of Pain version of Mark Henry. It was at a time where we both really got back into wrestling. Right. Uh, when we were in Afghanistan back in 2011, 2012. Um, I just remember I I loved his interest music during that time. Right, somebody's going to get their ass kicked. Somebody's going to get their lit. <laughs> it just made you feel like like and just the 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 viciousness, the veracity that he he showed on his face, and he could just get into any character any character they gave him. He went into it with one hundred percent abandon and just gave it his all, and that's what made the Hall of Pain. Uh, character so good is because I I started to think like man this isn't the Mark Henry we we saw at tribute to the troops just a year earlier for right. good mm-hmm. uh, you know this happy go lucky jolly large yeah. man this is this he is was the mean one. vicious yes this is where he's really believable yes and I believed it I bought yeah. in and to me that was just his best incarnation and he was rewarded for it with a world heavyweight championship run that lasted a decent amount of time uh, they only dropped it uh because of daniel bryan cashing in money in the bank right that's it yeah i think if that doesn't happen then he holds it probably until mania when he loses it to like a john cena or something like that i would have but john cena was going to face the rock so right, wrong wrestlemania there but yeah. Um, I would have loved, considering how successful that single storyline was. Sheamus would have been a bit. That would, would have been Sheamus. Sure, that, that could have been a thing, too. I would have liked to see a guy like Mark Henry in this storyline carry it into a mania and say that he got to defend the title at mania. I think that actually gives it a lot more worth, but it would have lasted a while if it got to that point, and, yeah. it, and it didn't. But regardless, great stuff from Mark Henry. Super excited. We don't know who's inducting him yet. <clears throat> Might be, right. could be a friend, could be personal... Uh, a family member or something like that, but that'll get announced later, Bob. So moving on. But, 
Well, first, oh, oh. I just want to talk about his fake retirement speech. Okay, hit it hard. I I just think that is one of the you know top five most out of the blue, top five most not only emotional but just emotional on two opposite spectrums. On one side, we're thinking, oh man, this guy who's been working with this company for so long, he he's reached the mountaintop. You know, he's he's seen the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. And he has to give up, you know, something that he's loved for so much. Uh, and then he, he's giving this emotional speech. And then John Cena, he, he keeps John Cena out there, which probably should have raised some red flags for us. But we were like, no, no, you know, I get it. I get it. He wants someone out there. You know, John's well-respected. And so the crowd's chanting sexual chocolate, chanting yes. one more match. And he's just like, no, you know, I want you guys to – you know, you're going to make me cry. You know, I just want you to remember this suit more than, you know, wanting me to have another match. And I hope he wears that suit. Ah, he better wear that jacket, boy. Ooh. And then John Cena, you know, get, comes in to give him a hug and he just gets world's strongest slam. Big slam, boy. And it was, Ooh. it just, it was so good. It, it was perfect. It was as close to a perfect segment as you can get. And for Mark Henry. Never a big promo guy, right? He obviously increased it when he had to when he was working top of the card stuff. He could. But if he wanted to, he could be a good could, promo. He can pull out some stuff, but that was really never his role. He <clears> wasn't <throat> needed to be a big talker. He was always the comedic guy. But this showed that he can do that funny, comedic, nonsensical shit, but also pull the crap out of your emotions if you're sitting in the in the <laughs> arena or at home and you're like, God dang, Mark, tell me. Tell me everything right now. Which is why you're so excited for his speech. I'm super excited. I don't know why. It might just fall flat, whatever. But I just want to hear him talk, man. That's all. I, that's all it is. But um, I think we're going to move on from that. We've we've discussed okay. him. He's a he's a big fan of ours, so we're going to mark it. <clears throat> yes, he let's, is. Let's let's go ahead and get the celebrity wing inductee out of the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's. You, you say uh. I do not say uh. uh all right. We're, so we're talking I Kid do. Rock, right? Let's talk about Kid Rock for a second. The guy. He is deserves. Successful. To be in the celebrity in the celebrity wing of the WWE Hall of Fame. Okay, yes, I'll buy into it. Now, other Hall of Fames and other things, that's for other people to determine, right? But he has contributed a lot to the wrestling community. He has given us one of our favorite theme songs in the Undertaker's American Badass theme I song. I am an American badass. He has performed several times. He, I know he did troop tribute to the troops. He did WrestleMania. Yes. He He's done a bunch troops. of Huh? I said he loves us troops. Yes, big fan of that. And he's done a whole a shit ton of pay-per-view themes, at least, official theme songs, basically. So, with that being said, Bubs, you're okay with Kid Rock being in, right? Yes, I, I'm okay with it. Okay, not to say that the celebrity wing really means much, I guess? It's not that it doesn't mean a lot, but really any celebrity... Like, at some point, Hugh Jackman's going to be inducted just because he had he on one cameo. He punched... I forgot who it was. Was it The Miz or something like that? I don't remember. Zack Ryder was feuding with somebody. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I have to say about Kid Rob. He okay. deserves it. Yeah, not much to say. I'm glad he's going in. Hope he performs one more time to give us something at WrestleMania. I know, really I know what really you really want. On that, but um, that's yeah. it for Kid Rock. Good for that, Bill, Bubs. Let's let's move on to some late '80s talk here. Okay. Let's get into a guy who <clears throat> did absolutely probably zero highlights in his wrestling career. <laughs> but if you watch I late agree. 80s and early 90s wrestling you and if you ever saw Hulk Hogan, then you know who Hillbilly Jim is, right? Yes. So he's going in. Now, he's been an ambassador. He had a good look, for, Bubs. He, he did. Big. I like the look. Yeah, huge dude. Now, as far as him contributing in the wrestling world, like I said, he's been a much bigger and more important ambassador to the company and to pro wrestling than he has really ever as a gimmick or a wrestler. But um, he did some early stuff with um, late 80s stuff with Hogan and yes. Piper back in the day. You brought up earlier that he was on the card at WrestleMania 3 in that. He, he was. He wrestled um, uh, King Kong Bundy, King Kong Bundy in, yeah. in the uh, mixed tag team match. But it wasn't mixed as how we think with women and men. It was mixed with large, large men and little people. Yeah. Put some uh, put some comedy in there. Late eighties yeah, wrestling. Yeah, little Tokyo. We'll get you that in there. Little Tokyo. Golly, uh, you can check that one out on one of our WrestleMania recap shows. Yes, <laughs> episodes back. I 
I forgot that. that we even reviewed that match. We sure did. <laughs> oh, God. We did Bro. it because King Kong Bundy was in it. In it. And we're like, okay, it's got to be somewhat relevant. But I saw right. Hillbilly Jim, and I was like, I have not seen enough of this guy. Let me go check this out. He did nothing in the match. Absolutely nothing. No. It was all King Kong Bundy getting attacked by these by one one of the little people. Yeah. And then he hits an elbow on him, and it was disqualification. And outside of that, Bubs, he didn't last long in WWE. He came back a few times. He, I remember him working stuff in the mid-90s with the fucking yes. Godwin Brothers. The Godwin Brothers. He was kind of their manager. He As was in the 1995 uh, World uh, Royal Rumble. Okay. Uh, but yeah, He was other in the than that. WrestleMania 17, too. I remember that yes. one. Yes. But not a big star, right? But a guy, I think, who's somewhat important to the early landscape and obviously since then has done much more for the company. Would you agree? Yeah. I would say his work outside of the ring is more important than his work inside of the ring. Now, he's someone who, who had a good look. He was big, big um, athletic, but for whatever reason, it just didn't it didn't last long for him in the ring, at least in the WWE. And um, honestly, you know, good, good for him that he's put – that he's going to the WWE. He couldn't believe it. Uh, listen to an interview with him. Um, but yeah, good, good for you. Hillbilly Jim. Yeah. Get yours. Hillbilly. That's going to be good shit. Yes. So, um, that's all we got for I, him, bubs. The, uh, the I, I do have a question oh, for you okay. though. Here we go. When it comes to Hillbilly Jim. Yeah. Um, so we both think, okay, maybe, you know, his in ring work, not so much. Um, other guys that have been inducted that people are like, ooh, are you sure about that? Uh, someone like The Godfather uh, being uh, inducted. Uh, how, how do you feel about like these kind of individuals being put in that didn't have – you know, when you think of a regular Hall of Fame, you don't think of people like these guys being included in that. Right. So when I think about the WWE Hall of Fame, I do actually am one of the guys who take it kind of serious and think it is a relevant thing. So I think yes. it's important to uh, give legitimacy to it, and that's always been questioned for years with certain guys being left out. So in, a, in the case like you, you bring up The Godfather, The Godfather worked from the early 80s on into parts of the 2000s, not just with the WWE, but in he did Jerry Lawler's territory and did all kinds of stuff down there as well. Right. He's a lifelong wrestling guy who has contributed in other ways, not just to the WWE, but has done positive things. In, it could be in, in ambassadorship, similar to how Mark Henry's last pretty much three, three, four, five years has been, just like the big shows last five years have been becoming bigger ambassadors and words of mouth and kind of just big dudes out there spreading the word and meeting people. I think those are just as important as the guys who have the amazing resumes that stack up and say, I'm probably the greatest wrestler on paper. Here's my proof. I think these guys are still very relevant. So in the case of Jim, the fact that he's done so much and been, he's been employed by WWE pretty much since then off and on at times, but basically since then, and he hasn't had to be in the ring to be effective. Okay. That's a very, <laughs> a very good answer to my question. And I, and I see your thought process with that, and it makes a lot of sense. Um, but when you think of a typical Hall of Fame, you look mm -hmm. at the NFL Hall of Fame, the MLB Hall of Fame, they're not just putting in people who are good ambassadors no. for the sport. You have to have produced in your given sport to have made it into the Hall of Fame. And I feel like at a certain point, WWE just decided that that was no longer a criteria. And we want to kind of – because we, we want to fill in three hours of programming. So we have to add in people to our Hall of Fame just to kind of hit that time slot that we're yeah. looking to fill. And honestly, I think if they ever decide to actually build a real facility that is the WWE Hall of Fame, they would want it to be huge and full of people and full of all these these celebrity wings, right? The warrior recipient is going to keep going to keep on growing. The women's section is going to keep on growing. So they would want that. Vince would want that to be this this giant monstrosity of a building that is bigger than Canton, right? Yeah. And he's going to want it. That's very Vince-like. Uh. Right. So the more people he can induct and give some minor justification to it, that's what he's going to want to do. Hopefully it doesn't okay. get to the point where it's like, oh, he's going in? There's no chance Spike Dudley ever has a chance of getting in the Hall of Fame. Not to say he's a bad dude, but criteria-wise, he's done nothing for us, right? Yeah, that's like so. Rhino getting put into the Hall of Fame. It's It shouldn't happen. He Slater should never get put into the Hall of Fame, but... 
Oh, Rhino has a much better chance of that, actually. But <sighs> I hate um, it. But that's my answer, Bubs. I think okay. it's legit. I love it. Um, Great I answer. Do, I do like it. So, um, not to gloss over Jarius Robinson, Rob Robertson's inductee. He's going to be the Warrior recipient for. I'm all in on the Warrior recipient. I love it. Um, I think it was a great addition to the Hall of Fame. The winners have been absolutely uh, phenomenal people. Um, it's just one of those things that I am so happy that WWE does this and recognizes these people. And I am 1,000% all in on that award and the people that they've chosen so far for that award. Yes, and almost every time, the, at least the last two I can remember... This has been a very emotional video package they start making for these things, Bubs. And you and I are some suckers for a nice package. We, I know. We are, no. <laughs> we, we are I am such a su sucker. God, give me just the biggest and best package you can, and yeah. I am all in. And these ones I love it. That's why emotions. I love this award so much. Yeah, because this is real life. These are normal people yes. or children in this case. So. Yeah, but, but that's the thing. They're not normal they well, no, they're are an average person, but they've had circumstances. Oh, I understand, but what I mean by them not being normal is that they are extraordinary people. Mm -hmm. They have been given just some of the worst possible shit in their lives, and they said, "You know what? Fuck you, life. Mm. You know you can you could go s a big old d because I'm going to overcome this." You can't keep me down, life, because I'm bigger than you, I'm better than you, and I will show everyone that you can overcome anything. That's what the Warrior Award is all about, and the people that have chosen, that have been chosen for this award, have embodied that, and it, it's just, it. I love it. I'm all in. I love it. It's, this is a, I think... It's an expectation that we now have of Vince and WWE to look seek out things like this because not just the the things that John Cena does like make make a wish right and and a lot of other people right. do I just bring up him as an example because of popularity <clears throat> and your exposure to the world and how much people look at you as a character that they want to emulate you become someone that people look up to regardless if you want that or not it's a life you kind of have to yes. have to take. So the fact that they honor people like this and give actual awards and they put people on stage in front of thousands, millions in some cases here at the Hall of Fame and honor them and put them in the Hall of Fame if it were to be physically real, um, it's a great honor. And it's something that they should have done years ago, but I'm glad they're doing it now. If they continue to expand this award and maybe do multiples or other types of them, I'm all about it because most of these people are huge wrestling fans that um that they deal with especially with the make-a-wish foundation so i love it yes. the expectation is high and as long as they keep meeting it um i'm gonna keep watching the the very first warrior award recipient connor the crusher the crusher nothing hit me harder emotionally than when he passed away and just going back and watching his uh, moment that he had with daniel bryan and it's not just because he it was with Daniel Bryan. It was just because this kid is going through so much, and he gets to have the moment that will define his entire life. The moment he goes, you know what? Yes, I I have this deadly disease. I I don't you know he didn't have much long to live, but he was going to live that little time that he had, and he was going to live it to the fullest. And that's what this warrior that's what the warrior award encompasses, and that's the kind of stories that that's what should be put out in the mainstream. Oh yeah, stories like the that because because that is what the human race is all about. And I I love the warrior award. I I wish it would have been sooner, but I couldn't imagine a better person for it to start with. And I am excited to to hear that speech this year because to me you're you're excited for mark henry i'm always excited for the recipient of the warrior award all right it'll be good shit nonetheless i look forward to it last year because if you're a, a sports fan in general mm. you, know, you know eric legrand that was so story, good and that's a great story and he's become <clears throat> an ambassador in general for a lot of shit man so if this gives somebody a launching point uh somewhere to start from as far as exposure to the world then if yeah. that's the smallest things it, but this it gives kid them, is the coolest kid in the world I, I love this little kid that's getting put into, uh, I essentially getting put into the Hall of Fame. Uh, 
you're getting the Warrior Award, but to me, you're getting put in the WWE Hall of Fame. You're going this in. Cool, yeah, this kid is cool as shit, and I'm I'm ready. I'm excited. Good shit, bubs. Let's transition now. Let's talk about something I need to mark over for a few minutes, and I'm super okay. excited to do this. So next on the list is Double J, Jeff uh, Jarrett, four-time world champion. Give it to me. Six-time IC champ, Bob. So now broke broke ten thousand guitars, couldn't draw a dime. Never drew a dime on his own, but all them guitars broke. So let's talk. Let's talk, Jeff Jarrett, Bob's out. Not not just WWE. And I'm not going to rain on your parade here. Please don't do it right now. We can do it to me later. I'm not going to. (laughs) Let's talk about why he's going in the Hall of Fame. Okay, the reason he goes into the Hall of Fame is one. He he had a he had an okay run in the mid card with the WWE when he first started with them, but the bulk of his contributions have come, you know, outside of the WWE. You know, his dad, you Jerry know, ran, promo- yeah, ran promotion down in what, wow, what Tennessee, they, Kentucky, Tennessee, I think, Tennessee, yeah, and you know, Jeff Jarrett created TNA, um, his work in WCW, Jeff Jarrett. On his own, if and there is a pro wrestling Hall of Fame out there, um, in his all the stuff that he's done in his career, he 100% deserves to be in the pro wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, the WWE Hall of Fame for what he has done in the WWE, okay, maybe not, right. but fully encompassing his WWE WCW runs, you know, yeah, he he can get a nod into the uh. WWE Hall of Fame, but I feel that this is more of a business decision than it is an actual personal, you know, choice to, hey, let's bury the hatchet just because, by golly, I like you, Jeff, for trying okay. to screw me over at SummerSlam 99 or Survivor Series. Okay. I don't remember. It was one of those S's. Now, I have to ask, what is this business decision that you see potentially being done for hey. here? Yes, I 100% see this leading to some kind of merger or buy not merger, but buyout of not maybe not of all the wrestlers and the name of, you know, Global Force Wrestling TNA. You know, they'll keep impact and maybe change the name, but I think WWE is going to be close to purchasing, you know, the tape library and just the name of TNA. Okay, now this conversation came up about a year and a half ago. It was a very yes. serious conversation that was that uh, Vince was considering buying out all of Impact Wrestling and, of course, sucking it under. And all we were talking about was we just want the video library, basically. That's all. That's it. And a handful, we don't want the wrestlers. We... Yeah, like a couple of people that <laughs> I wanted EC3, and I've already got him. Right. I don't need him anymore. Now you can get Bobby Lashley back as a Jerry. <clears> so yes. if that were to happen, that's great. I hope. Impact doesn't die and go away because I continually want them to. I keep saying I want them to get better, but but there we'll it's trash. It's let so it, bad. Let it be an indie show. Knock it off. But um, that would be great. Get it off I, of TV. It's already lost its UK TV. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't. Luckily, I don't have Pop, so I can't watch it there. Yeah. But um. All right. So Jeff Jarrett, Bob's. You're absolutely He's, right. His um. His he, mid, he can mid go 90, and he Mid ninety, late ninety. I see run especially. Ain't he great? Ain't he great, right? Ain't fucking Colonel great. fucking <laughs> shit. Forgot his name. Fuck, I don't remember either. Damn but it, that man. hat was so nice. He yeah, was he, was, he was the world's beta, or best country singer. He was the best yes. ever. Icy title he reigns were... He, they he were good. Country he did. You know, he sang, literally. Um, outside of that, his feud with China was good. That was a very nice thing that happened. But when he left WWE and went to WCW, yes, he was a very influential person in booking his own matches at that time. He was in he was in good with people in the back and he became the Vince WCW Russo. He was good with Vince Russo. Champion. So now not to say that he couldn't have deserved maybe one of those titles, but I mean he not as that. many as he did. He, he only got four of them. <laughs> only in four a, in, in two in, years. In like two years, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> He, he let other to people... To be fair, be Booker T had five. He, and that's right. five. Scott Steiner had two or three as well, so we need to check that. <laughs> yeah. But yes, I think he did a lot more for wrestling in general. He's one of those guys where his resume on his WWE 
time isn't going to get him here. But when he left WCW, when WCW folded, I mean, and they created the TNA concept, he was the biggest part in that. Of, of any of the individual wrestlers yes. that were there at the beginning, at least, he was the most important person in that. And TNA, for a time, was some hot shit. It was good. Now, granted, he, it was... He was, a, he was an active wrestler, too. He was an sure NWA was. world champion during mm-hmm. that time. And yeah. uh, the, the brand was good. Mm-hmm. It wasn't great. But it was definitely good it when Jeff Jarrett, yes, when he was originally there, originally in charge, before he started to kind of go off the rails with some of his personal issues, um, TNA was a solid place to go to get extra wrestling. It yeah. wasn't an alternative to WWE. It was never true competition. However, it was a good, solid place for you to go get some extra wrestling in your life. And boy, did they have some amazing Mm -hmm. wrestling uh, between Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, uh, the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. There was was some good stuff in TNA, Christian Cage. Yeah. And because a lot of good stuff. Because of Jarrett creating the product and uh, the promotion that became TNA Impact, he let us see guys like that on a bigger scale. And so it started with him, you know, fucking 15, 16 years ago at this point. And now, five years ago, we get to see some of the best matches ago. Yeah. We get to see AJ Styles in his early prime. We get to see young Samoa Joe. We get to see all these great talents that are Which now. Which is why the tape library is so important right now. It's right very now, important folks. that we get that. Um, so we got guys in, that are now in NXT that are now on the main card. We got Eric Young down there doing stuff, right? So. Yeah. Bobby I, I think it's. I think he's been a great. He's an entrepreneur of wrestling for sure. Yes, and it's, it's obviously his life. He great. loves what he does. Great mind for it. He can book. That can happen. Sometimes mm-hmm. he books himself, but that's okay. <laughs> I hope. But it kind of works. Like he knows. He knows he's kind of a smarmy character. He plays and that it, too. Yeah, he could play a really good heel. That he he can book himself in that position, and he's not afraid to put people over. Right. And what I hope happens is that Jeff Jarrett actually returns to the WWE. That is my angle, is that he will return in some contractual form. Not necessarily in what I've been pitching on Twitter, that he replaces Shane McMahon or Daniel Bryan as the general manager. That's a good idea, though. (laughs) But I think that's a bit aggressive, and I don't know if there's a lot of trust in Jeff Jarrett, the person, by Vince yet. Um, But aside from that, I hope he does come back. I hope we get to see him on TV. I'm excited for his speech as well. And I'm glad he's going in, Bubs. I really am. Hell, he can bring Cornette back. They have a really strong relationship. Yeah, I think fact, that anything be... that anything that brings Cornette back, I'm in for. It's <laughs> but good yes, I know Double J is your guy. Yep. Um, I'm not going to rain on your parade by saying how much I just really don't like him. You don't have um, to leave it alone. Yeah, you're right. But for what he's done for the wrestling business as a whole. For what he did in WCW in that short amount of time and his run with the IC title multiple times, many times in the what was it like seven times, six, seven no, times? No, he's won like six that? times. Yeah, six times. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's especially in that amount of time that he was there in yep. WWE from like '95 to '99, no, something like no, that. Granted, those were some rough years, but he wasn't booking himself, so somebody was <laughs> trusting him. It was Russo, maybe. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but yeah, he, um, he he definitely has earned. A, I'm not going to say deserves, but he's earned some some recognition here. Very good. I'll get off my soapbox now. I, can, I will wait till the Hall of Fame to blow up Twitter and keep tagging yeah. you there. Double J, look out for that. I know you're listening. You're a big fan of me. So moving on from that. So but let's just get to the, Ivory, the woman's entrant of the year, as it seems to be. <laughs> It is Ivory Bubs. Yes, big fan. Big fan, right? Super yes. good as a heel. And yes. I want to start off by asking you before we start talking a little bit of her career, just for a short okay. second. When you think of Ivory, what's the first gimmick or most recognizable thing that you remember her doing in the WWE? Man. What is it? You you know what I'm going to say. The first thing I'm going to say is is her time in Right to Censor. Yes, give me the Right to Censor angle. Yes, with Stevie Richards. Uh, I was really cannon. hoping. Stevie Richards was going to induct her. Instead, it's going to be Molly Holly. It will be Molly. Um, but still, I, I, I was a fan of Right to Censor. I liked them. <laughs> I love hating the good them. father. 
You you had Falvinus, Bull Buchanan, who was just thrown into just about anything. Anything didn't he, matter. He had a great look, Bubs, athletic and he was a athletic, so athletic. We've talked about him we in the did. past. He's, he's on again, Bull. Are you he's listening? Big boss man, we're we're I a love team. That team. Yes, Bull Buchanan would come off the top rope, Bubs. Big but, scissor kick. Yeah, big fan of Ivory. I definitely think. Uh, she does deserve this recognition. She is a multi-time women's champion. Uh, she's competed really everywhere she's gone. She's been successful. Um, she's had some really good feuds. She looked great, and she was she was pretty good inside the ropes too. Right, big fan, Bubs. Like I can't. I can't bring it up enough, and I don't know if it's intentional that they continually are just doing like one woman a year type thing. Like, remember it went it went from like I think Alundra to Jackie to last year was Beth Phoenix, right? And now her. So I mean, throw some more in there that deserve it at this point. But anyway, Attitude Era was her time, right? We remember back then. It was good stuff. She worked both face and heel. I can remember her, but definitely she was more known for in the ring. Than she was for kind of her looks, and you know, a lot of the women back then were were known for like Deborah. She was only there to look good yeah. and be Stone Cold wife. Uh, Sable was, was only really there for that. No, Sable. I mean, whoa, Ivory was there to put a whooping on people inside the squared circle, and right. I was always a real big fan of Ivory. I wonder what it's. It's unique. I don't know if there's a personal relationship with Molly Holly. And why she's inducting her? I'm cool. She had a really good feud. She had a really good feud. feud. That I remember, but I mean, Ivory seems to be like a generation behind Molly. But um, either way, I don't care about that. Three times. Molly is a generation behind Ivory. Molly came in after Ivory. Yes. So Ivory would have been before her. Yes. We we were saying the same words there. Okay. I don't know. I don't pay attention. Super excited. Ivory totally deserves this. Is there anyone left from that? That um. Attitude era as far as women's go because we got Jackie now, right? Tori has Tori, Tori been Wilson. Yeah, uh, she'll be in the well. She was in the ruthless aggression era more than anything. Um, she was in the, she she was with Stacey DX. Keebler. She was with DX. Um, I don't think Stacy Keebler will accept going in. She kind of seems like she's doing her own thing outside of as is Tori. But Tori came back for the Rumble, so that could mean yeah, that could mean a thing. But um, um, if you think of that old 90, 97, 96 on to 2000 era, we're kind of out of the the women's people, has, I think, at this point. Oh, has Melina? Not Melina. Yeah. Um, Melina Tor- Terry, uh, Terry Runnels. Terry Runnels. Goldust's yes. wife. Yes. Has she gone in yet? That's, that's an angle. I don't know if she's worthy. But then again, she She, she was there for a while, and... Was in a really good feud with Gold Dust and Brian Pillman. Really like the last Brian Pillman angle before he he unfortunately passed away. Yeah. Um, where he she, stole her or won her from her services from Gold Dust yeah. and had the sex files. She was also the tie between early Christian versus uh, the Hardy brothers yes. in ninety nine. She also worked a Perry Saturn angle. She was with a lot of people so that could be something to discuss as well bubs i was just trying to think like it seems like they're doing one a year we're gonna run out here shortly but um True. i'm done digressing love that ivory's going in bubs can't can't wait to look forward to this beulah mcgillicuddy beulah yes do we, do we bring her and tommy dreamer's wife do tommy we bring her no oh, well, of course no bubba ray would have to induct her because he he broke her neck and then put her through a table <laughs> we we have to look hard at all those original ECWs before yes. we can bring them in, Bubs. But um, if we're putting in, ECWs, if, wait, hold on. Okay. Oh, this actually, if we're putting in Jeff Jarrett, when can we start putting in just ECW guys, Bubs? We can't. We need to give it a little more thought. Uh, but the sign guy, uh, sign put guy in the entire. Yes, put in the entire Dudley clan. Oh, stop. Let's leave it at the two most prominent because we're moving on to them, Bubs. Let's talk about – now, I'm going to say something. I want you to argue it. We're going to induct the the best and most decorated tag team of all time into the Hall of Fame this year, the Dudley Boys. You agree with what I just said? Most decorated, yes. Okay. 
Best? That's definitely objective. That's that debate question, uh, um, right? Subjective. Subjective. I, yeah, wow. what did I say? Objective? Uh, and I said objective. Okay. It's definitely subjective. It's subjective, right. <laughs> I'm the idiot here. Yep. Um, best, though, of all time. Best tag team? Ooh, the numbers maybe make for it long the numbers and long for longevity's sake, mm-hmm. I can kind of roll with that, right? Um, and just their contributions together to the company or to the 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 industry, not just the company, but right. the industry. Devon's still with the company as a back uh, backstage kind of hand, um, but yeah, I I want to argue that with you, but I don't have enough. Like that one, credence that to, one's a hard to one throw because... another team at you that could, you know, argue that you know because Edge and Christian they didn't last long enough to be, you know, considered uh, the mm-hmm. Hardy Boys. They've had I feel more success as singles competitors than as tag team. Um, so I'm just looking at that era going back. I don't know. The New Age Outlaws could be yeah. thrown in, but that was just more because they were so over, not that Super they were great tag team. Um, but yeah, wow. That's a bold statement, Bubs, and one that usually I would love to argue with you, but I don't know if I can. It is, and the only reason I say it, I'm not, I, I don't know if I'm really believing it myself, but it's hard for me to even argue myself if I don't think that that's true. But they did New Japan. They won there. Mm-hmm. They did... Um, ECW, original ECW. ECW. They did WWE ECW. They won the WCW tag titles coming over. I mean, they've won TNA tag team titles. They won the TNA ones. Countless WWE titles. Probably something six-ish or more. No, I think it's nine. It's nine, I think, Bubs. Okay, so that's amazing. So eight or nine, whatever. So, yeah, the numbers are going to back that up. Now, individually, though, the... The resume doesn't really support Devon in this aspect. No. So when uh, we've talked about this before, we big fans of the Bully Angle. We, I mean, yes, Bully Ray is great. We call him Bully Ray now. Little Capzilla. Rarely do we call him Bubba Ray because of his success as Bully in TNA, running Aces. A more sustained, a more sustained uh, success. And, t- and you see a lot of a lot of these guys like Kurt Angle, uh, Bully Ray, uh, Jeff Hardy, Sting. They've almost become synonymous with TNA. Mm-hmm. Then they have Matt Hardy had such a great singles run in TNA, not only as Broken Matt Hardy, but his run as Money Matt Hardy when he was the TNA World Champ was a really good run. Um, you, you, and which is why going back to Jeff Jarrett, this is such a big thing, is because a mm-hmm. lot of the guys that are in the company now that are top stars are more synonymous with what they've done in TNA, like sure. Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, than what they did in WWE. Bully Ray, Bubba Ray, whatever you want to call him, had a much better run in TNA than he ever did in WWE. Right. Individually, yeah. Individually, correct. Um, so, honestly, yeah, yeah, Devon, you know, I love you, man, but Reverend Bubba Ray has... Yeah. I like the Reverend Devon gimmick, Bubs. I was sold on that. Um, <laughs> I remember Deacon Batista. <laughs> That's how he got his start. Uh, we're going so far back now. There's so much contribution that these two have done to the wrestling industry as a whole that this is a no-brainer. In fact, Absolutely. it probably should have been done sooner. They didn't need their last run in the WWE. They should have just yeah. been put into the Hall of Fame after that Royal Rumble appearance by Bubba Ray. Right. And that could have pretty much ended it. But um, we're getting uh, some great induction here by Edge and Christian, Bubs. This is going to be good stuff. Because when you think of the Dudleys, at least in WWE tag work, you automatically think about the Hardys. You automatically think about Edge and Christian because of the era that they were all in, but the matches that they were all in, right? So what's your favorite Dudley boy match? Ooh. Now, man, that's hard to choose from because there's been so many good just Dudley Boy. I almost said Hardy Boys, Dudley Boys matches and moments. Um, first, I want to get into just Dudley Boy moments before I, I, I jump into matches. Uh, there's you know Bubba Ray power bombing Mae Young through a table, and every woman at that time, yeah, and every woman. Trish Stratus went through a table. Mm-hmm. Um, there was. 
Bubba Ray's feud with Brock Lesnar, and Paul Heyman put Bubba Ray over so hard on the mic. I remember vividly there was a backstage segment. Brock Lesnar was like, no, I'm wrestling him. And Paul Heyman was like, no, this is the one guy that can beat you. If anyone on this roster can beat you, it's Bubba Ray. And for some reason, that just that's always stuck in my head. And like it made it made me think because it came from someone like Paul Heyman. It made me think like, wow, Bubba Ray is a legitimate singles guy. Yeah. And of course, we didn't see that until he went into TNA and became Bully Ray. But you know, there's it's just these moments that for some reason in wrestling, that's a moment, a wrestling moment that I always remember. It, it wasn't a significant moment. Right. Uh, Brock Lesnar went out and beat. Bubba Ray, but for some reason that that segment stuck in my head. Probably something that Paul Heyman wanted to do anyway, to say something like that on the mic for uh, a guy like Bubba Ray, who'd been his fucking yes. secondhand man basically yes. for so many years. But um, yeah, those moments we're talking, all those power bombs he put. Obviously, Mae Young was a great one, and uh, the moves, the looks that he would have on his face, the deranged stare, right? Yes, the three D for me is. A recognizable thing, especially through a table. So they put everybody through a table with that 3D. When that became a thing, when he started yelling it in the crowd, that's when the crowd started getting more into things like that. And then they'd yell out 3D right as it was about to happen. So you could tell that they were super over for years, and they have been for years. And I'm always going to be a fan of TLC matches, Bubs. So yes, which one is? Which one is the best one, though? Uh, I like TLC2. TLC2? Yeah. Personally, I like the ladder match, Their first, the first ever triangle ladder match. Mm-hmm. It wasn't called TLC, mm-hmm. but, but all was. of those elements were involved. That was the original TLC1. That's yeah. the true TLC1. You can call it TLC0. Mm. That's my favorite match. Uh, of the Dudley Boys, uh, Edge and Christian won all of those matches. All of them. They always Everyone. won, and the Dudleys always lost their titles going in. Yes, and the Hardys were just there for spots. <laughs> they made but, it so good. But that's why Edge and Christian will be inducting. Yeah, absolutely. The I love because that angle. Both of those teams are synonymous synonymous with each other. Mm-hmm. You don't have either. You don't have Edge's great run. You don't have Christian's. You know, singles run and then run in uh, TNA. Mm-hmm. You don't have the Dudleys, you know, become the big stars that they were without those matches. Right. The Hardys were always going to be kind of fan favorites. The girls loved them. Oh, yeah. Uh, but without those matches, without those two teams battling against each other, you don't have the, the future of wrestling that we got. I'm excited to, to hear this speech by Agent Christian. They're just funny dudes, but they they may take this very serious because uh, they have a lot of respect for these guys. They're my and favorite podcast clubs, the EMC podcast yeah, of awesome. They have a great favorite. podcast, and we're so fortunate now that on Busted Open we get to hear Bully Ray every morning now as he does Busted Open with, with Dave yeah. LaGreca. So that's good shit. I love hearing his insights. <clears throat> I love He's just a true wrestling fan. And he loves the sport so much. And that's, I guess, that's why Devon has stayed backstage doing uh, yes, producer, production work. So that's great stuff, Bub. So that's that's all the that's all the Bubba and uh, Devon talk I got for you right now. We're about to close it out, but let's not yes. forget the headliner here. All right? I, I don't know. And I went back and watched some Goldberg stuff today, Bubs. Okay. So let's um, – I want to throw something out there. Obviously, Goldberg's okay. going in. He's, he's the headliner for this. Headline. For this. And the Paul is in, inducting him. That's cool for Paul Heyman. Paul's going to give us a great speech as well. Now, let's, I always bring up resumes. I'm a big fan of what resumes look like, right? Mm-hmm. Goldberg, on paper, not counting the 173 and 0 streak, one time WCW. 475,234 and 0 streak. <laughs> Goldberg, one time world heavyweight champion, one time WCW wow. world champion, one time universal champion. Okay, yes. he, he won it. Obviously, his feud with Triple H, there was the title involved when he came over from WWE. One time United States heavyweight champion also. Yeah, that, that one as well. And um, he – so the resume doesn't look great if you look at those titles, right? One time each – Three world heavy, three world titles, bubs. Three world That's titles, one then. time each, not a long reign necessarily. Better than Bubba with, Ray. With that world heavyweight title. 
and most synonymously, he's involved with the streak. That's kind of what we're going to remember, yes. I think, right? So, what do you when people say Bill Goldberg? What do you think? Do you think him holding the big gold belt, or do you think of him never losing? I watched Bill Goldberg's first ever match so did against I. Hugh Morris. I remember going. I don't know who this Joker is, but Hugh Morris is about to win. Yep, Hugh Morris. And then he crushed Hugh Morris, and then I went. Hmm. I Dang wonder it. if I'm going to see this guy again. <laughs> he kind of put a whooping on Hugh Morris. Yeah. And then I saw him week after week after week. And then when he beat Raven for the U- U.S. title, yeah. which I went back and rewatched today, and the crowd was so hot for that, Bubs. That was his 74. He 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 became 75 and 0 that night on Nitro. Um, the crowd was super hot for him, but the one moment I will always remember is when he beat Hulk Hogan on Nitro for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. We have talked about this many times. Yes. The entire nut, the entire day just led up to that. I was excited for it. My brother, I remember... He wasn't a huge wrestling fan, but he watched it because I did, and he mm-hmm. wanted to have something in common with me. And all day we just talked about Goldberg fe- facing Hollywood Hogan. Okay. And we stayed up and just waited for that match and sat there, eyes glued to the screen, didn't move. I sat in the middle of the living room and just watched history happen. Hogan never lost like that no he took a clean butt whooping from bill goldberg and dropped the title on free tv to bill goldberg in a raucous georgia dome which was the home of goldberg and that's just one of those moments that you never forget it's one of those moments that will be etched in wrestling history and it's just one of those moments that makes you think of why that guy is being put into the hall of fame now we brought we talked about that moment on kind of like our WCW recap episode we did several months ago in a very negative fashion because it was the way it was conducted because yes. that match should have been done on pay-per-view considering how goddamn loud that place was the pop and if you know you're going to do a title change on 60,000 people Hogan, were there 60,000 on TV it's just plain no. and simple it's not how it should work but um that's a great moment to remember because that's a hell of a way to start a uh, a title run is on a nitro yes. beating Hulk Hogan, beating Jack Hulk Hammer. Hogan. And um, there's a great there's great commentary um, when that happens. I think it's by Bobby Bobby Heenan that says once he lifts him up when he's talking about the jackhammer. As soon as he lifts him up, this place is going to blow the roof off, or it's going to explode, or he says something like that. And that's what I'll always remember because Hogan was about to lose. Hogan's about yes. to get pinned clean, and it shouldn't yes. it shouldn't be a thing. And you don't think about it because we were kids at that time. We were around eight, nine, eight, eight, I think we were. And you don't think about that because we weren't hip to all the lingo around that time. But you're just just thinking because we remember Hulk Hogan for who he was Mm -hmm. and the streak. It was all about the streak and we did not want to see the streak end. And Goldberg just lifted him up and you knew – Oh my God! This is about to happen. Goldberg's yep. about to win, and, and it happened. And for me, the moment that I'm going to remember always when I think of Goldberg is him losing to Kevin Nash. That's the moment I remember is when he's backed up into the turnbuckle. Ooh. I sent you the video of this because I was watching it numerous times, and he gets uh, hit with the the stun gun or the uh, cattle cattle it. prod by Scott Hall, and he gets, whew, he gets jackknifed. And the crowd, hate, the crowd blows up. I know, but here's the thing. Love you it. can have that finish, but without the interference. If you just have Kevin Nash beating Goldberg. No, not Because Kevin Nash, if Kevin Nash was so hot at that time, he was red hot with the NWO Wolfpack was just the hottest thing going in WCW at the time. Mm-hmm. You can have that match in clean, and you're going to get – a better reaction. Like Goldberg had to lose sometime. Yeah, but he hadn't right? been built to ever lose clean. 
And I don't think that at that time, it'd been way too soon probably for something like that. Now, Nash could be the guy to do it. That I believe, right. but it didn't matter if it was dirty. The crowd still blew up when the music hit after he jack jackknifed him. And did Goldberg and, ever lose clean other than Brock at this uh, previous WrestleMania? I don't. I don't think so. He's always lost. He lost dirty to Triple H all those times with the yeah. sledgehammer. Sledgehammer so, to the head at, at uh, uh, Elimination Chamber. He's one of the most protected wrestlers of all time in that regard to never lose like that, and it well deserved because mm-hmm. his mystique was built like that to go 173 and 0. I don't really remember the streak. So much like that, because so many of those matches were squashes, and yes. they really weren't worth a damn. And like you said, he'd he'd be nine and zero one week, and we'd come back next week, and he's thirty eight and zero, and it's like, okay, that doesn't add up, but that's okay. He's um, wrestling like four or five times a night, Buzz. We should respect this yeah. man. And if that was how it was happening, that's cool. But <laughs> I love the streak for what it was. I think it's a yes. great thing for to be done in wrestling. But uh, I I remember him losing. I remember how they maintained the strong character when he came over to WWE and he was in the Elimination Chamber. He was still the Goldberg who was feared and would dominate. And he went over on the rock clean. He sure did. And Triple H had to use sledgehammers to beat the guy. So that was Mm -hmm. a very well-respected thing that they maintained with the character. And then him and Brock happened. So Yeah. So that's a... Which I think if him and Brock at WrestleMania 20 doesn't happen, then he's... His time in WWE is looked at differently. Sure. Um, he was never considered a technical wizard. Um, you never once thought, man, that Brock Le- or that Goldberg is really good in the ring. No. Brock, on the other hand, yeah, he's he's shown that he could be technically sound, but Goldberg, no, never. But it was the intensity that he brought into all of his matches that. Is mm-hmm. what sucked in the the viewers, even the casual viewers. That's how WCW got so so right. That's what they got so correct with Goldberg is that those squash matches were what he needed. Yeah. That's what you had to do with him because he was so intense. The crowd ate it up. That the squash matches were perfect. He wasn't just squashing regular Joes. He was squashing, you know, um, I guess like solid mid-card guys. Mm-hmm. He ran through everybody, though, eventually. Everybody. Yeah. It started and, with Bill DeMott, who was a solid mid-card dude, big yeah. dude, upper-card guy. But then he ran through the likes of Disco Inferno and from there up. Yes. Oh. Raven ran through Raven, mm-hmm. uh, beat the entire Ravens flock in one uh, in one match to win the U- United States title. Yeah. Um, he he beat Hogan clean, and that match didn't last that long because neither of those can go. Yeah, they can't. Long. They can't go long. Yeah. Hogan needs a great opponent. Even with a great opponent, Goldberg still couldn't produce a quality match. Just look at Lord Steven Regal. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, but. Goldberg was, hammered the giant. I want to say that real quick. And not just jackhammered him, but kept him up there for a little bit. Yeah. He, he enough to keep his body straight and fold him over proper. It was some nice shit. So well, that, that's also big show was also an extremely athletic sure. person back then. Didn't matter. Still happened. He still believed him. Still it him. did. I love Goldberg. Um, I bought into his streak from day one when he beat Hugh Morris and just his entire, the entirety of his run, even his latest run, anytime Goldberg is around, I'm excited. It gets the nostalgia going. Right. Um, his match with Brock Lesnar, that was probably one of the – if it wasn't for AJ Styles versus Shane McMahon, that could have been the best match of WrestleMania last yeah. year. It didn't have your, to last long, but it happened. And what is it your was, favorite Ho- or Goldberg match? Is it him versus Hogan? Uh, yes. Or is it a recent one? Okay. It, it was him, him versus Hogan at night on Nitro in the Georgia Dome. Second is his match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Okay, that's a good shit right there. Actually, take Ooh. that back. His match with Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series 2016. One, right? Yes. Okay. Brock got squashed. Yeah. It was so good, and it was just the reaction of me and everyone that was around at the time. We we were jaws dropped. We. I had to give a briefing in like two minutes, <laughs> but I couldn't because I I stood up in front of all those pilots and like giggled like a schoolgirl because of that. Because <laughs> you just saw a spear and a jackhammer, and Brock Lesnar was officially a squash. Yes, 
Great stuff, Bob. So that's that's the entirety of the 2018 class. Um, not bad, right? Yes. Good. As, good for them. As is the Great WrestleMania class. card. It is going to be pretty good. This is one of the top classes, I think, Bubs, of recent memory. Just from top to bottom, there's not one person that I'm thinking, oh, they shouldn't get put in. Yeah. I mean... Except for Hillbilly Jim, but... Well, be nice now. Last year was strong, though, with Kurt Angle and DDP. I mean, we got to... Got to give it up there. And if you're not a fan of fucking Rick Root, I don't know what your deal is. So it's hard to say. I would have loved to have had Rick Root there, though, Bob. I know. That would have been. He was such a great character. Such just a great. Just. Oh, Velvet, that's why we have the Velveteen Dream, Bob. We have him, though. Yes. We will live He's the him. new Rick Root. I don't care. I will live through him. He's the new Rick Root. I'm so excited. But that's it. Um, great episode. I'm glad, glad we got to talk about this, right? And we'll be talking WrestleMania lead-up here shortly. It's about that time. Yes, it, and we are on the road to WrestleMania. We are excited about it. The Hall of Fame is the first step in the road to WrestleMania. Next up is NXT TakeOver, and then it is WrestleMania. We are excited about it. Are you excited about it? If you are, you can find us on Facebook Search Collar and Elbow Wrestling. Join in the conversation. Tell us what your favorite moment of all of these Hall of Famers are. Tell us what you're most looking forward to. Are you looking forward to Mark Henry's speech as much as Chris's? Yes, Because it's going to be great. Now, you can also join in the conversation on Twitter at CAE Wrestling. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Just search us. In fact, if you're listening to us now, you've already found us, but tell your friends about us. That's where they can find us. Look, guys, with all of you together, this is why we love wrestling, because of this talk, because we can come together and talk about our favorite memories of these Hall of Famers. And together, all of us, we will make wrestling great again. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.